Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Vanguard. Today we're beginning a new series called Oracles in the Book of Micah. Uh, And Micah thinks that the book was named after him, uh, but he was actually named after the book, I guess. That's the way it works. Our student pastor's name is Micah. And today, I want to give you a little bit of context. Micah lived during the time of Isaiah. You may have read the book of Isaiah. Amos, the book of Amos, you may have read that book as well. And it was a time in Israel's history when they were very successful, affluent. There was a lot of decadence, a lot of delicacies. There was a lot of success. And at the same time, there was incredible moral decay. And because of that moral decay, there was an inner tension in their nation that was beginning to brew, and everywhere you turn, there was strife. Now, does that sound familiar to you for a nation? I think we find ourselves there. We, like no other nation in the history of the world, and I don't know if you realize this or not, no other nation in the history of the world has been blessed financially like this nation. And we have been given so much, and now we are in that moment of time where there's kind of a a moral decay that is occurring in our society. There is a strife that is brewing among us, and the question is, can you and I understand that there is a hope that remains? I hear people say this to me, Pastor, I just need some hope. Okay, well, let me stop you there just a second. Micah is going to teach us today something that many of us during COVID forgot. You know what it is? You are the hope. Micah is going to tell us today that there is a hope that remains in the world. But you know who it is? Jesus said that we are the salt and we are the light. And sometimes we think hope is a feeling. And I want you to understand that first and foremost, hope is a person. And his name is Jesus. And if you have taken him into your life, then you need to understand that you represent the hope of the world to the world. Now, I understand that we get discouraged. I understand that we get defeated from time to time. I understand that the darkness at times seems overwhelming. But I want to encourage you today that Micah is going to tell us there is a remnant that remains. You are the remnant if you've believed in Jesus Christ, and you are the hope that remains. And so regardless of how dark the world gets, Regardless of how dark your world is, regardless of how challenging, discouraging, and depressing it may be from time to time, I want to encourage you, you are the hope 
of the world if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Now, this past week, I was at a, a, a citywide civic and pastoral uh, gathering. There's about 200 individuals there. And I shared this on Wednesday night in our midweek service. Uh, I sat next to the uh, deputy chief uh, of the police, and I got a chance to talk to him. And I thought this was interesting. He said that uh, Stetson Hills, you know where that is? Anybody live in Stetson Hills? Anybody? Okay, a few of us. Okay, there's 190,000 people that live in Stetson Hills. If it were a city, it would be the fourth largest city in our state. Think about that. Think about the, the challenges. I ask him, what is the number one thing that the police uh, is dealing with? And they're dealing with a lot of things, but one of the things is just traffic. Just traffic, just, just normal everyday challenges. See, all of us have those sorts of things. And then I ask him the question, what's the number one cause of death in our city right now? Anybody want to take a guess? That's a category. Suicide. 17%, you ready? 17% of your neighbors are killing themselves. Almost one out of five. Every time five people die in this city, in our city, every time somebody, five people die, one of them says, it's not worth being here. It's not worth being here. And I want you to understand that the message of Jesus Christ lives inside of you. And you are staring into the eyes of people's faces and their minds, and they think they have no reason for existence. And I want to encourage you today that if nothing else, smile at somebody today, uh, give a smile to someone, allow them to know that somebody sees them and that they are not invisible to this society. Amen? We have incredible opportunity. My wife and I uh, went out with one of my unbelieving friends on Friday night, and he said to me, and I quote, how many people do you do this with? And I go, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, how many unbelieving friends do you have besides me? I said, well, as far as I would consider friends, I probably have about five or six of them that I continue to lean into and continue to build real relationship with. And he himself uh, is going on this spiritual journey that he's going over to Europe and he's going to be gone for a couple of months. And I gave him a copy of the Jesus Calling devotional. And I said, I encourage you to have an encounter with Jesus. And if you ask Jesus to encounter you, he will. He will. You say, how do you know? Because Jesus says that he knocks. He's a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. But if he knocks, if you open the door, guess what? He'll come on in. He'll come on in. So who in your world do you need to be knocking on their heart, on their life? You go, well, I don't know if it's going to make any difference. Leave that to the Lord. Leave that to the Lord. Can I encourage you today? You are on planet earth and simply because Jesus lives inside of you, people will feel the hope that comes from your life just because you are in proximity to them and because of your willingness to share your life with them.
Amen? So today, we want to begin this new series. I want to invite you to take your Bible or your internet device, or maybe you received the program when you came through the door this morning. And we are going to begin this series called Oracle. And I want to give you a definition of Oracle. And Oracle, you'll see this in your program or your internet device if you pull up the electronic version. An Oracle can be a revelation or the person through whom the revelation is given. The oracle deals with the reality in front of him or her with no thought, catch this, with no thought of persuasion. Now, what does that mean? It means that I am going to be faithful to say what God has asked me to say, and I am not going to concern myself with the outcome, with the results. And so this morning, I want to invite you to uh, online to be a virtual evangelist. If you're in the room, if you're online, I want to say hi this morning. I want to give a quick shout out this morning uh, to Brother Jerry. Now, some of you don't know Jerry Tolley. He usually sits right here where Micah is. He's one of our prayer warriors, has been for many years, and he's had a very difficult time health-wise. And yesterday, uh, Tim Campbell, Dion Heisler, Steve Moeller, Lynn Nichols, Ann Wooten, Sam Wooten in the house, uh, Rosie Seaver and uh, John and Sandy Ellsbury went down to Penrose yesterday because that's where uh, Jerry lives and did ministry to him and served his property, served where he lives, cared for a number of things. And Jerry, we just want to say you're in our hearts, you're in our prayers. Uh, we want to thank you uh, for your faithfulness to serve the Lord Jesus. So what are God's prophetic revelations to us due to our unwillingness to repent? That's the question that we're going to answer this morning. Because the people, their hearts were hard. Look at verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Now, Micah is addressing during the times of these kings, and if you've ever read about Hezekiah, you know that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was pressing down on Israel, saying things like, you really are going to believe in God? You really going to trust God to deliver you from me? And if you listen to the enemy long enough, you will begin to agree with him. If you look at your circumstances long enough, you will begin to agree with the voice of the enemy that your circumstances are impossible to overcome and you will begin to give into the darkness of your life. Now, because of Israel's numbness and disinterest in the things of God, God had to send Micah to give this message to Israel. Look at verse 2. Hear you peoples, all of you. Pay attention, O earth, all that is in it. Let the Lord God be a witness against you. The Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. Now, here is Micah's message to Israel. God is on his way. God is on his way. 
he describes what will occur as the Lord comes. Look at verse 4. Like waters poured down on a steep place, all this is for the transgression of Jacob, of Israel, and for the sins of the house of Israel. What God is saying through Micah is, this didn't have to happen. But it is going to happen because of your disinterest and because of your unwillingness and basically your willingness to overlook the sin of your life. So what is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what is the high place of Judah? Is it not Jerusalem? Now, one thing that you need to understand about God, God does not judge his people because of sin. God judges his people because of unconfessed sin. If you have sin in your life, and we've talked about this before, and all of us do, God wants us to say to him today, Lord, I confess to you my sin. And the Lord says back to you, I forgive you. And Israel said, no, not interested anymore. Because what happens to us as followers of Christ is we get enough blessing from God in our lives that we no longer seek his face because of his hand. And God has to say to us, if you are going to become preoccupied with my hand and ignore my face, then I'm going to use my hand to judge you. So, you know as well as I do as moms and dads. Our kids like, you know, money, right? They like to come to us and be a source of income to them. But at some point, and that's fine, that's great, that's beautiful. And by the way, God wants us to be that, and God wants us to be that to them. But if we only come to God as a source of blessing and not as a source of relationship, then eventually God has to take that same hand that he's used to bless you and he has to use it to get your attention. So prophetic revelation number one, overlooked sin leads to divine confrontation. Overlooked sin leads to divine confrontation. I remember when I was young, I was about, I think, nine years old, and my sister Ellen, many of you know her, she was about uh, 12 years old. And she and I were arguing and fighting. Now, I know none of you ever argued and fought with your siblings, but my sister and I, we did often. And we were shoving one another uh, and my dad had just renovated the basement of our house and put in these brand new closet doors. And we were shoving each other into them. And it sounded like, you know, I'm sure to my dad that we were breaking them. And so my dad yells in from the living room to the other room, you all need to stop. And of course, what did we do? We didn't stop. Because, you know, we don't believe him and nah, he's, you know, or whatever. And so we just keep shoving each other into these closet doors that he paid good money for. And eventually he says, you ready? 
If you don't stop, tell me. I'm going to come in there. Nah, he ain't coming in here. And so I shoved her again. And uh uh-oh, I could hear him coming. I could hear him coming. That is the moment that Israel's at in this passage. They wouldn't listen to God. They overlooked what God had to say to them. And God kept telling them, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. If you don't stop, I'm going to come. Nah, he's not coming. So upon God's arrival, look what he does. Verse 6. I'm going to make Samaria, a heap in the open country, a place for planting vineyards. I'm going to pour down her stones into the valley and uncover her foundations. All her carved images shall be beaten to pieces. All her wages shall be burned with fire. All her idols will lay waste. For Catch this. For from the fee of a prostitute she gathered them. And to the fee of a prostitute they shall return. Now, what does it mean? Go back and look uh, at verse number six. I will pour down her stones into the valley and uncover her foundations. What does that mean? Here's what it means. When we don't listen to God, and there are times in my life when the Lord says, Kelly, I am tired of telling you this. And if you don't stop, then I'm going to have to take an extra step to get your attention. Do you want me to do that? Mm -mm. See, moms and dads, I love my dad. My dad was not perfect. By the way, he's still not perfect. He's 75 years old. He's still not perfect. Turns out he ain't going to be in this lifetime. But one thing that I do love about my dad is that my dad taught me to hear God's voice in my head. And as an adult, as a 51-year-old man, I can hear God reasoning with me about the sin of my life. And as he reasons with me, I reason back with him, and he's telling me, and what he's saying to Israel when he says that I'm going to expose the foundations, make bare have foundations, what he's saying is, I am going to expose Israel's sin because she won't listen to me. She won't listen to me. Now, when it says they gathered a fee from a fee of a prostitute, and what is, what is happening here? Here's what Israel started doing. They started charging people to come and worship pagan idols in God's temple. See, God's house does not require people to pay a fee to worship him. You understand this? This Vanguard Church, other churches in our city, this is here as a free resource to our city. And anybody who wants to come through those doors and experience the presence of God, that is why we are here. And see, what God's people did was they stepped away from God, and so God stopped blessing them. So guess what happens? 
When you step away from God and God stops blessing you, then you've got to figure out some way to bless yourself. And one of the ways that you can recognize if you're beginning to hide sin in your life is that you're starting to see yourself as the means of blessing yourself. It's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. And in my Jesus Calling devotional this morning, it reminded me once again uh, that your life is not even your own. Do you know that God could take me right now? And my unbelieving friend said to me, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like I'm not going to be here much longer. And I go, well, I can just tell you, no matter how long you're going to be here, it ain't going to be very long. I mean, the Bible makes that clear. This goes quickly. See, it then says, and to the fee of a prostitute shall they return. So what's happening here? What he's saying is those that sold you the idols that you're now selling to other people, you're eventually going to have to go ask somebody to help you and they're going to charge you like you charge everybody else. And so here's prophetic revelation number two. God uses the things we worship to judge us. God uses the things we worship to judge us. So what is it in your life that you're worshiping right now? Your ability, uh, your success, your fame, your pleasure. What is it in your life that right now you're worshiping? And the Lord is saying, I am going to use that very thing against you to get your attention. And so if we don't worship God, whatever we worship, he then begins to use that to judge us. Whatever we're eager to seek, that will be our downfall. So look at verse 8. For I will amend and wail. I'll go stripped and naked. I'll make lamentation like the jackals and mourning like the ostriches. For her wound, talking about Israel, is incurable. It's come to Judah. It's reached to the gate of my people. So David recall, excuse me, Micah recalls David's words in the lament that he wrote for the death of Saul. Look at what it says in verse 10. Tell it now in Gath, weep not at all in Bethlehem, roll yourselves in the dust, pass on your way, inhabitants of Shaphir, in nakedness and shame, the inhabitants of Zion, do not come out. The lamentation of Bethesel shall take away from you its standing place. And I'll give you a note there. Shafir means beautiful. 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 And what does the Lord say to Israel? I'm going to take this beautiful, pleasant place and it's going to become the representation of your nakedness and your shame. Harness the steeds to the chariots, inhabitants of Lachish. It was the beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion. For in you were found the transgressions of Israel. Therefore you shall give parting gifts to Morasheth. The houses of Achzeb shall be a deceitful thing to the kings of Israel. I will again bring a conqueror to you, inhabitants of Marisha. The glory of Israel shall come to Adalim. Do you know what Adalim is? 
I've actually been to Adalim. It was the cave that David hid out in. That he was hiding in when Saul came in. And he cut off his robe. Every one of us have these places in our lives that we go when we're afraid. And we hide. And only you know what's going on in the caves of your life right now. I mean, this is, this is deep surgery from the Spirit into our souls. What's going on in your mind toward your spouse? What's going on in your mind toward your children? What's going on in your mind about your fears about your health? And my question to you is, are you inviting the Spirit into those conversations? Because I don't know if you know this or not. You don't have to invite the devil. You don't have to invite the evil spirits of this world into your life. They're going to talk to you whether you want to hear from them or not. But the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And if you don't want to hear truth about your own life, he won't speak it. And at some point, if you're going to listen to all the demons of your life, you're going to end up in a really bad place. You're going to end up in a very fearful place, a place of paranoia, a place that requires you to smoke something or drink something or shoot something or that, that requires you to get to a place to where I've got to figure out a way to silence these voices. And listen, there's only one voice that will silence all the voices. And his name is Jesus. And his Holy Spirit, if you've given your life to him, lives inside of you. And at some point, you have to say to the Lord, Lord, would you silence these voices? Look at verse 16. Make yourselves bald. Cut off your hair. For the children of your delight, make yourselves as bald as the eagle. For they shall go from you into exile. So prophetic revelation number three, generational sin repercussions are real. For the children of your delight. You know what's sad about the poor choices that I make in my life? It's my children that will suffer the most for them. That seems unfair, doesn't it? Do you understand that the decisions that you're making right now in your life are going to affect your children and therefore are going to affect your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and so forth and so on? And so what you're dealing with right now in your life, do you understand that it's not just about you, but it's about the fact that there will be a generational repercussion for your children? See, the mass exit of people leaving the church right now in America will be realized over the next couple of generations. 43% of evangelicals, people who say they believe in Jesus, do not believe that he was God in the flesh. That's a crazy statistic. And the reason why that evangelicals are so blind to the truth of who Jesus is is because we don't read the Bible. 
I mean, if you read the Bible, sometimes the Bible just messes up the way we want to view things. Now look at chapter 2. Woe to those who devise wickedness, work evil on their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it because it's in their power of their hand. They covet fields, they seize them, houses, take them away. They oppress a man in his house, a man in his inheritance. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, against this family, I'm devising disaster from which you cannot remove your necks and you shall not walk haughtily for it will be a time of disaster. Now I want to point out a word to you here that stuck out to me when I was studying this passage. The curious words. Anybody want to guess what it is? You want to take a guess? Is there a word that when you read that, you go, that's a curious word. Lorelai, do you want to say? No? Anybody want to try? Huh? Devising? Nope. Huh? Oddly? No. You ready? Family. I want you to see this word. Thus says the Lord, behold against this family. Now let me add a possessive pronoun here. It's the Lord talking. Behold against my family. This is personal to the Lord. What God has to do to us is personal to him. God does not take pleasure in judging his own family. As a mom or a dad, there is nothing you will do more difficult than judging your own family. This is an extremely painful moment for God and Israel because God has chosen Israel. Israel is his family he is intimately connected to them and there is a Messiah that is coming to save them and they refuse to listen to God. They want God's blessings. They want his hand, but they do not want his face. So prophetic revelation number four, judging you is personal to God. It is painful to God. It is intimate to God. God does not take pleasure in judging you. God is not happy about his judgments that he brings on you. And as a mom or a dad, if you're happy about the judgments that you bring on your children, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. But listen to me. As a mom or a dad, if you will not bring judgments on your children... You don't love them. You love you more than you love them. And there are so many moms and dads that are so afraid that their kids aren't going to like them that they won't tell their kids what they need to hear. Don't be like that. Be like God who is willing to tell his children 
what they need to hear in order to protect them from what they need to be protected from. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. If you do not help your children, somebody else will. And those voices will not be for them. You are his family. And he loves you enough to tell you the truth. Look at verse 4. In that day they shall take up a taunt song against you, moan bitterly and say, we are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people. How he removes it from me to an apostate, he allots our fields. Now what does that mean? An apostate is an unbeliever. And what he's saying is, because you refuse to see me as the means of your blessing, I am going to give your blessings to a pagan world so you can discover who you are apart from me. So here is prophetic revelation 5. God's judgment forfeits our blessings to the world. Our, God's judgment forfeits our blessings, the things that he intended for us to the world. I just want to encourage you. I walked around my farm yesterday. I took pictures of my cows. I took pictures of Journey Grace's horse. I took pictures of these red leaves coming down. I'm like, I don't even know how they got there, where they came from. Thank you, Jesus. And I just walked around as I was, I I have some new uh, blue spruces that I planted this summer and it's been really dry. So I was watering them because if you water, then it'll rain. All right. And so it rained. And, I, and just every one of those, Lord, this is your tree. These are your leaves. These are your cows. This is your land that I'm standing on. That's your house. That's your creek. That's your bridge. This is all yours. See, this is not the only place you can worship Jesus, okay? There are plenty of places to worship Jesus. And all it takes to worship Jesus is just look around and go, this is yours, God. This is yours, God. Don't worship the stuff of your life. Don't worship the stuff of your life. Worship the one that gave you the stuff. Say to the Lord, I turn my face to your face, and I thank you for your hand of provision in my life. This is yours. I serve at your pleasure, Lord. Your pleasure. Therefore... You'll have none to cast the line by the lot in the assembly of the Lord. Do not preach, thus they preach. One should not preach of such things. Disgrace will not overtake us. Do you catch that? They're being arrogant. Should this be said, O house of Jacob, has the Lord grown impatient? Are these his deeds? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? But lately my people have risen up as an enemy. You strip the war. The women of my people, you drive out from their delightful houses, from their young children, you take away my splendor forever. Arise and go, for this is no place to rest because of the uncleanness that destroys or the grievous destruction. If a man should go about and utter wind and lies, saying, I will preach to you of wine and strong drink, he'll be the preacher for this people. It's amazing to me how, much, how important alcohol becomes to people when they walk away from the Lord, including God's people. 
Seems hopeless, doesn't it? But look at verse 12. Here we go. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I'm going to gather the remnant of Israel. I'm going to set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. He who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. So here's prophetic revelation number six. Hope always resides. You ready? Hope always resides in the darkest of judgments. No matter how much God judges your life as a follower of Jesus, God wants you to know there's always hope. There's always hope. He is not going to give up on you no matter how glim the circumstances that surround you might be. God can redeem you in it. You go, well, I just am angry that I did this to myself. Yeah, we all are. But don't, as I heard on the radio this morning, don't let your past sins disqualify you from the future blessings that God has for you. God wants you to know that he can restore your light and your hope. You say, how does he do that? Here's how he does it. Maybe you need to say this in your life today. Maybe you're watching online. You need to say this today. God, forgive me. God, restore me. God, bless me again. Can you pray those words, those three things? I want to say it again. God, forgive me. God, restore me. God, if you will bless me again, I will speak with a loud voice that those blessings come from you. Amen? All good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights, whom there is no shifting or shadow. So what good gifts do you need from the Lord? What good gifts have you bowed down and worshipped in your life? And you're being drawn away by the things that God has given you. And you need to be drawn back to the one that gave you those things. And just say to him, forgive me, Lord. Restore me, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus. And you say, will he? He sure will. You say, how come? Because he's just that good. He's just that good. I've read the Bible almost 96 times now. And I just, I'll just tell you the most impressive thing to me about the Bible. No matter how dark the situation gets between God and his people, he always blesses them afterwards. And that is the kind of people God wants us to be. To go bless this world no matter how dark it gets. Do not curse this world. Do not join in the cacophony of cursing. Do not. 
join in the cacophony that comes through a redeeming Savior whose name is Jesus. Be a different voice to all the other voices in this world. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.